Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspire TV. I'm your host, Linda Ugalow, and in this show, you'll get an inside look on how changemakers, healers, artists, and entrepreneurs take their dreams and put into action. And today, I have with us Mallory McElroy, and you are the founder of Millennial Management. I am. And I love the title of your company. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. I chose the title because I am fit under that umbrella of millennials mm -hmm. due to when I was born. And I think that today a lot of people put a negative connotation with the word millennial. So what are what is the age range of millennial or the years they were born? People People say different things, and we all identify in different areas depending on when we were born. Generally, 84 to the early 90s, mid 90s, um, and then eventually it was spill spilling into the early millennium. Um, but they kind of broke that off a little bit. So, but we are still the largest generation that there is. Wow. Um, we are at about 75 million right now, and they're projecting that we'll be upwards of 83 to 89 eventually. So, wow. It's been. Uh, it's been interesting to learn about the diversity within my generation mm -hmm. because we're all so different. So millennial management, what does what does your company do? We go into companies um, and basically what we try to do is bring back some sort of a corporate ladder or corporate lattice. Um, we customize careers based on millennials need for basic customized living and that's where it seems that things have have gone to for my generation. We're customizing services, we're customizing products we have come to our homes, we're customizing our education through online colleges which wasn't always available or the volume of information we're searching on the internet to learn about you know X, Y, and Z topics whether it's physics or how to do a French braid or you know we're constantly expanding and reshaping our lives based on you know what's available to us through technology which allows us to customize nearly every area of our existence at this point. So do you think millennials tend to customize their lives more than people of other generations? Absolutely. Oh, interesting. I feel that a lot of times, you know, when uh, we'll say some boomers or Generation Xers will, you know, call the millennial generation lazy and, and things like that, and it's more so that we have broken down the barriers and we found simplistic ways to do things. We work together as a team instead of trying to take everything on individually and bear that burden just on ourselves. Um, so it has, it has changed things drastically in our generation. We don't see eye to eye with the compartmentalization that the generations previous to us fit in. You know, if you were supposed to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and be to work at 8 o'clock and take your lunch at noontime and you have a whole bunch of guys sitting outside on scaffolding and, and they're all eating their lunches and it, it was very, you know, rigid, very um, restrictive. And we focus a lot on individuality and we're so different that we can't, we can't put that away when it comes to our work. We can't put that away when it comes to our lives. So what do we do other than try to, you know, customize and detail and figure out exactly what we want? What do we want from our employer? Mm -hmm. Not what can we do for our employer, but what are we trying to gain? Knowledge, growth, opportunity, 
a place. Mm -hmm. um, That's so, so interesting because on the one hand, there's the desire for individuality and to like have your own schedule, like your own work hours, what work even looks like. Right. On the other hand, what you're talking about is the millennials tend, of course, this is a grand generalization, but they tend to want to work more collaboratively, like in a team environment, rather than going up their own ladder. Absolutely. That's so interesting, yeah. So now millennial management, do you work for millennials or do you work for, like who do you serve in your company? I serve and my team serves the employer. We go in and we look at the employees, we look at the workflow, work production, and we see where employees are, are not happy. Why are they failing? Why are they going into an interview and asking, what's projected for my career for the next five to 10 years, and then these employers are finding they're quitting after 15 to 18 months. And this is a cyclical thing that is happening over and over, and I hear this constantly. And it really comes down to, you know, 75 million people, can they really all be wrong, or is there something that is happening within the employment industry now that the CEOs and the executives are just not getting because they're already at the top? they're not remembering what it was like to be at the bottom. And one size fits all employment is just, it doesn't work anymore. Okay, so you are working with employers to understand the millennial generation Absolutely. so that as they go into their, inter as they interview people to bring into their own company, they have an idea of how to shape the interview, how to understand the mindset of the millennial Absolutely. needs. Oh, that is so fascinating. Yeah. How did you ever come up with that idea. <laughs> um, I too have been an employee of some companies that, you know, with my education, I was an executive administrative assistant. I'm a paralegal in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And being an employee and starting out in entry level positions and in moderate positions, I kind of took a step back and started to realize that almost every company I worked for had the same issues. Hmm poor management from lower and upper level management. And I mean, aside from organization and workflow, no growth opportunity. And there is no corporate ladder anymore. It's, it's all but dissolved. These you know, employees are getting stuck and they're not getting raises and they're watching everybody else surpass them. And many times it just comes down to the first day they walk through the door, poor training people who have somehow just gained positions through seniority and in actuality they can't navigate the software systems and they're not very good with customer service and somehow they made it to the top and you have these rock stars who just get so burnt out at the bottom and no hope for for any sort of, of climbing, any sort of goals. Mm -hmm. So so even though your clients are the employers, you're really also serving the employee, Absolutely. the millennial, yes. so that they can succeed. Yes. Because the more sensitive or aware the employer is, the better it is for your generation. Absolutely, and I don't think many employers are taking the time anymore to say to my, you know, a, a sales team of, of, we'll say telemarketers, what can we do to improve your experience as our employee? What, what do you need? what will it take what are you looking for what's your what's your end game what's your goal 
because you want to hire employees who have goals. Do they want to start their own businesses at some point? Are they looking to branch out? Are they looking to learn? I mean, I know myself anyways, I'm constantly looking, I'm reading articles, I'm watching documentaries, I'm, I'm always trying to reinvent myself. Mm -hmm. You need to do that in your business too, or it just stays stagnant. You might get periods of growth because of seasons or supply and demand, but when your team is bottoming out all the time, that's kind of What a, does that a, mean, bottoming out? When you have retention that is just awful, or you have People crazy turnover, oh yeah, mm -hmm. quitting and in the age of technology, they'll turn around and they're going to write bad reviews about you online. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to go away. You mm -hmm. can bury it, but it, it's not going to disappear. <laughs> so those experiences for employees, they are your salespeople. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a sales position, that smile, the charisma, the energy, the, the desire to be there and feel like they're a piece of a puzzle for a greater purpose mm -hmm. is very important, especially to my generation. What are we doing to help people? Mm. What are we doing to help each other? What, what is our business doing to help someone? If someone's getting fired because and only internally they realize you know, they were out for a while or they were having some problems and it's fine when the CEOs have problems and they can't be there, but when these other people are having turmoil in their life, is that not a reflection on the company that your family, your problems, your the issues you have going on, things you want in your life, well, I'm sorry, but they're just not important because we're open nine to five. Mm -hmm. It's not fair, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's become a necessity at this point for businesses to continue to grow. We're not going anywhere, and Generation X is going to retire, and we are going to be taking over, just like the Generation X has That's done right. for boomers. So we're works. staying here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you first started your company, how did you what was the first thing that you did? Like, what was the first part of your service, or how did you even get started? The first thing that I did was I looked towards my uh, administrative uh, background, and I looked at all of the things that I was doing within company. It was, I was running reports, I was hiring, I was posting jobs. I, there was a myriad of things that I was doing. And I finally sat back one day and I went, I am doing all the same things for somebody else, for about 5% of what the company makes if I'm lucky. And instead I could be doing these things and actually making uh, a difference. So I, I sat down with some friends because I've had friends for 30 years. And you know I, I bounced some ideas off of them and I said, what do you think? And they said, you're, you're a natural born leader. They're like, you, you should take this idea and run with it. It's, it's something that's coming up. People are having these problems. I went on a couple interviews just to test the waters. I made an, a resume and I went out myself and I did some interviews and I just kind of looked at the situation. And I looked at the jobs and I'm going, yeah, they're not even telling me what it is. I, I need to help these people. Mm -hmm. So from there it went from, I know that you're looking for these positions, but perhaps you already have these people within your company. Let me try to help you you know, uh, go back to square one, look at what you have, put a new set of eyes on it, fresh look, and say, okay, where can we move people around that you're not outsourcing everything, you're just, you're bumping people up and, and you're helping your business grow and they're going, I work for the greatest company ever. Um, and that's what you want. Mm. So, it, so, you, um, so you began to pitch your service to companies who were looking to hire. Yep. And you went and said, I'd like to help you do this in a better way. Absolutely. Recruiting agencies can be very expensive and they're just going to 
and I, I've been in the recruiting seat. I took my job very seriously. Some people will just fill, fill a seat, fill a night, they'll get their commission. I worked for no commission, so I looked for quality people. I screened people. I, you know, I, I put myself in a situation where I really valued what I was putting out there for employees. I know what employers want, mm -hmm. so it, it made it a little bit easier. Why hire a company that's going to give you one service when you can hire a company that's going to give you 10 services mm -hmm. and they're not just going to walk away and say, sorry, it didn't work out. You mm -hmm. know, we're going to stick with you and we're going to keep working until we find a model that works for you because it's customizable. Mm -hmm. That's the best part about us. Oh, so so the first service you gave was how to hire, so how to find somebody, maybe mm -hmm. within the company, if not with, outside, and mm -hmm. then you added on other services. Yep. So what do you? What else do you do now? How many, how many years have you been doing this? I have been doing this specifically for three years. Uh -huh. um, I just started to gain more uh, momentum publicly within the past year. Um, but it has been, it's been a thrilling experience. It's worked out very well. There are many companies who have finally just become so exhausted with going through people and spending the money to train and, yes. and losing them. And it is just so expensive. And you so lose expensive. time too. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. And your management team gets to a point where they're just like, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. Why can't you just find us one good person? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. so you help them hire and then you stick with them. You stick yeah. with the companies helping them do what? Helping them, you know, go through their operations, implement different systems that work a little bit better, uh, simplifying systems for their employees. Sometimes we are asked to design different training programs that make things a little bit more easily accessible if they are shorthanded with their management team. Um, you know, bringing back growth is was my main goal. What does that mean? bringing back uh, space for people to move. If you start out... Well, so yep. uh, personal... Personal growth. Career growth. Yes, Got yes. it. Got yep. it. And growth for the business, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, if your employees are growing, they're going to be bringing in more customers. More customers means more growth for the company, and it's a win-win situation. That's what we're all ultimately looking for as business owners. So. I loved the word you used before, not the career ladder, but the career lattice. Yes. Yes. Can you just describe that? I mean, I love the image, but sure. tell me why you chose that word rather than the ladder. So you envision a ladder, you start at the bottom, and you work your way to the top. And that was what the employment industry was for 40, 50, 60 years. And bringing a corporate lattice into the works would basically set up a framework where an employee is able to accelerate and decelerate their uh, employment at different times. People are getting married at different times, they're having children at different times, and we all want, you know, we all want to grow, we all want some sort of um, incentives or opportunities that are going to present themselves to us, but at the same time, we're going to have children and we're going to need to kick that back a little bit. We're going to need to maybe cut back on some hours at work and one of the issues people have is, well, you know, if people are working from home, and what does that do with work productivity? But in fact, work productivity often increases when people are actually able to manage their personal lives, the things that they're trying to do outside of the workplace as well. Mm -hmm. It gets to be a monotonous thing when you're just going to work every day and that's your only focus. Mm -hmm. When you have a husband and you have kids and you have aspirations to start a business and, and things like that. How do you fit that in with fitness and good, good healthy eating? And, and all those things make you 
it's, more productive. Yes, absolutely. You're taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, how many employees do you have? I have a team of 15 consultants. Some consultants do, they have their own businesses or they're working other positions as well. Uh, they all have different uh, areas and levels of expertise. Um, some, I have had people that have uh, attempted Wall Street and then just decided it was not for them, um, but are extremely financial, you know, savvy with finances. Um, I have people who have been in sales, head of uh, the northern division of sales for an extremely large corporation. So we're, you know, web designers, um, web hosting, um, you name it, customer service. I have amazing customer service trainers. We can take people who are afraid to be on phones and turn them into the best conversationalists you can imagine inside I of a month. I love that. I love that. So <laughs> it's, 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 all over the place, <laughs> but we are an all over the place generation. Uh -huh. What better for you know? What better for our generation than a company who really understands that changing dynamic? Yes, so. yes. So, if you were to start again three years ago, is there anything that you might have done differently? That you know, because we all get into things, <laughs> and we have no idea. You know, in some ways, we don't know what we're getting into. Right. Um, I would say um, I would say maybe ask me in another two years. Okay. Just because I don't think for any business, and I, as as an, a business owner, I don't think you can you can gauge what you've done correctly or incorrectly or what you could do better. I've had such positive results, but the negative balances out the positive. So I can't say as of yet that there's anything that I I would change. But I feel that everyone should take that step back and ask themselves that question. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's something that I ask people all the time, what would you have done differently mm -hmm. 10 years ago with your business? What can I do to help bring you to that point? What can mm. we do to, to get you there? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, so it is an important question. Yes, it's an important question, but one I just can't answer yet. Okay, <laughs> I wish I could. I'm wondering, as over the last three years, you must have hit some challenges. Yeah. What, what kinds of challenges have like? I would say that the first, the first time you hear the word no it is difficult for anyone or the first time that, that somebody looks at you. Again, I, I have some challenges because I am the face of this company that is you know, trying to bridge generational gaps. So I'm going in and I'm talking to people who are, they're my elders. They're, they're looking for an amount of respect and they're also looking for an amount of understanding. And mm -hmm. it's tough to break people's bad habits. We all know that. And it's tough to, when something has worked for 30 years, 40 years, kind of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it type mm -hmm. of deal. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, people aren't seeing the slow decline. Then you have some of them that are, but even still, they're, they're leery to let go and, and give it that, that revamp and say, okay, maybe we could stop using these old incentives where you work here for a year and then you get some benefits mm -hmm. and, and that that's not so that doesn't work that doesn't work anymore but if you tell someone who's a boomer <laughs> that that doesn't work anymore they say oh, I walked to school up and down hills in the snow and barefoot and cardboard boxes and no buses and you can do it <laughs> so it, it's just one of those things where um, so hearing it, the no it's, it's hard to hear no it's hard to it's hard to go from being an employee to taking the accountability every day that you need to do the work to keep your business afloat, that 
you're not just the one piece, you're the main piece. And that brings a whole new level of responsibility mm -hmm. into your everyday living and, and what you're trying to achieve and get across to your clients or your customers or prospective clients. You know, how So how do you keep your motivation up? You know, do you have any routines or mindset hacks that you do <laughs> or like how do you keep yourself committed and in the game day after day? I have girlfriends that I have had my entire life at this point. Um, I really enjoy nature and I really enjoy objective opinions. Even if it's not something that I want to hear, I'd rather hear it. Um, and I oftentimes take step back and I go back to my hobbies. I like to paint, I like to read, um, and I feel that I feel inspired when I can clear my mind work on something that I'm truly good at, that I truly enjoy, that's not business related, that I'm my livelihood's not depending on. It gives me the opportunity to kind of, you know, realize that I'm still human, I'm going to make mistakes. And, you know, it's fine if, if, if a, uh, a business model that I have is not working, there's no reason I can't just turn around it and try something else, but everybody needs that time to take a step back and just breathe. Mm. Because it's, it can be very difficult to to clear your mind and refocus when you know you're still trying to make a paycheck for yourself for your employees you have so many responsibilities um, I love painting painting helps me immensely I had just picked it up about a year and a half ago too so who knew I could even paint I didn't know until I picked up a brush <laughs> so I'll how did that happen Bob Ross <laughs> all the years of watching Bob Ross that, I swear uh -huh. yep watched him as a kid and one day I said you know I'm bored. Let's pick up a. I'm, I'm tired of. I think I was. He was reading poetry or something, and I was listening to a lot of Vivaldi. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I never could have pictured this at 32 years old. And I'm like, oh, let's try something new. And I put a paintbrush to a canvas and went, wow. So you never really know what your what your potential actually is until you try. And then why be scared? Share it with people. Get some feedback. It's it's all I could do. It's it was liberating. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about your painting. My painting, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have so many hobbies. I feel like if, if you don't have a lot of interests, find some because it's the best way to, I can always find a way to tie my interests into my work. You know, when I'm coming up with these creative ideas and something to put on canvas, I can often at the same time be thinking about what what kind of logo is this is this company looking for that will really jump out at the people who are looking for this type of service? What can I what can I give my clients that's really eye catching? I need to filter that through myself as well. Practice what you preach. I love that. I love that. I have a background in expressive therapies and I know that just by exploring or allow yourself to explore one kind of creativity opens the the well of creativity for everything. Absolutely. I used to, uh, and I still do, d do a lot of dancing, and after the movement, I would write or I would paint, and that's when I discovered I loved writing and I loved painting as well. Oh, that's awesome. But I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, just not, I, I try not to be afraid of things because mm -hmm. if you're afraid and you don't take chances, you're never going to know, and it could be. A terrible experience that you actually learn something from even if you do fail I don't I don't look as failure as failure mm -hmm. I look at it as something didn't work out so it's an opportunity to make improvements and try something else I love that 
because that is such, you know, people are so afraid of failing. Yes. And that's such a, I was, it's so unhelpful. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, we need to find other ways of looking at that kind of experience. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you said you love reading. I do love reading. Do you reading. have a book that you would recommend people who, or what's one of your faves from this past year? I mean, honestly, one of the most inspirational books that I've probably read in the past three years was um, Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, which of course, based on the millennial generation, it's by uh, Bruce Tulgan. And that book, uh, you know, I know I said um, that there's a lot of negative uh, connotations that come around the millennial generation, and he actually really touched on a lot of the positive aspects, the positive aspects that I see as well, and that I can relate to, and that was like, that was my showstopper right there. I said, this is something that, you know, I, I need to keep going with, because I'm not alone in thinking this and going, what what is everybody seeing? or that I'm not, I'm not seeing. Why, why can't everyone look outside the little box that's there? And he really, you know, as far as uh, suggestions for management and what the millennials are actually looking for, there are a couple of things I disagreed with, but overall, it was absolutely amazing. And it's something I reference all the time with my clients. And I, I've tried to implement those things, you know, in, in operations that I'm trying to set up for people who are having serious trouble with it. So yeah. he, it's a fantastic book. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes for sure. Absolutely. So I have a box and I like to have people <laughs> pick a card of this magic box that you can, that has qualities that we all need kind of on the inside. We've talk, talked about a few of them, like dealing with failure or how to creativity, but let's see what else you come up with and maybe you can riff on it for a minute. Vision. 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 So, I mean, I, a lot of what I've heard people say, especially when they, they're, oh, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a business owner. And they ask a lot of the same questions. Well, how did you get into it? No, oh, that must have been really scary. And, <coughs> sorry. Um, I find that many people have so many wonderful ideas. And, funding, um, support of family or support of their significant other or just the self-confidence um, can stifle somebody's vision. They will, they will blur their own visions with the I can't, what if, you know, it's a big risk and I don't have time and I think that staying focused on, on your goals and the picture that you have painted for yourself and, and what you're looking towards, what you're working towards, is just, it's huge. If I had told myself, no, um, I'm not going to start a business, I would be probably locked away in um, the basement of some sort of law library for hours upon hours, drafting crazy amounts of documents, which it's fun <laughs> for, for a little while. And, and I'm just missing the whole scope of what, I, what do I want? What does Mallory want? Because I have uh, a picture and I feel that it is so important for everyone even if they don't have growth in their company or things like that that they know what they're going after that they can see it and if you can see it you can make it happen there are ways mm, that gave me chills so, I love that thank you <laughs> I'm just so delighted that you came today um, 
so excited about the work that you do. I feel like your vision has really kind of blossomed into something. I, it's almost as if like having a vision automatically says that there is some equal desire for that vision around us. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's been a very fun journey and I, I hope to continue. Well, I am excited to see where it takes you. Thank you so much, Linda. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.